Greetings, and welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the podcast whose sole purpose is to help maximize your video game enjoyment. Welcome to those new and old. I'm your host, David Lloyd, and in this episode, I'll be talking about backlogs, Canadian Thanksgiving, and how they all relate to finally playing Danganronpa. But first, I'd like to draw some attention to a couple of ways that you can support our podcast, starting with our Patreon. For a couple bucks a month, you can get access to episodes a week before they're publicly available, as well as access to the host so that you can recommend games and topics to be featured on future podcasts. But if Patreon isn't your thing, you can still get access to those early episodes a week in advance by subscribing through Spotify. The cost is the same as Patreon, but if you prefer to get your content through Spotify, it's just another option for you. Lastly, one of the easiest and best ways to help us out is to tell a friend about our show. Maybe it's on Twitter or X or whatever it's called. Uh, Blue Sky, maybe it's a review somewhere uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, something like that. Maybe it's telling your cousin over Thanksgiving dinner. Every little bit counts. And speaking of Thanksgiving, that's exactly why I'm all by myself this episode. Between Paige still decompressing from PAX Australia and Jordan recuperating from his turkey coma, I'm here on my own to talk about my backlog and how it's one game lighter now that I'm finally playing the Spike Chunsoft hit Danganronpa. So this came about specifically because uh, I, I myself was visiting family over Thanksgiving and uh, I was away from my PS5 where I was working on a Kingdom Hearts playthrough and uh, I, I can take it with me. It's a, it's a, it's a big, a little bit too big for the packing into a car with a, with a family. So uh, I was able to bring my Steam Deck along with me and basically, uh, you know, when I got there, it was time to see what, it, what did I want to play. So since I was currently working on a Square Enix game, I kind of had to skip over the seven or so games I have on my Steam Deck from that particular uh, publisher, and uh, I wanted to choose something that wasn't from the uh, that RPG Dynamo. But instead, I ended up going with another publisher that I'm particularly fond of, and that's Spike Chunsoft. So yeah, I went with uh, Dengarampas, a game I probably bought it years and years ago. Uh, it was in my Steam library. I remember it's uh, on sale all the time. Uh, so uh, I definitely picked it up at some point thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play this. Um, obviously not an RPG. This is more uh, RPG adjacent, I guess. It's one of those games where it's, it's yeah, it's not an RPG, but definitely is in kind of the uh, all, all the people that kind of enjoy RPGs all, all seem to have played this game. Uh, I, I seem to be late to the boat on this one. So I thought uh, it was about time to finally give it a try. I actually did uh, try once uh, to get into it, but I only played about a half an hour, and uh, I'm I'm easily distracted. I'm like a dog chasing cars when it comes to video games uh, a lot of the time. So, yeah, I ended up starting it up, and uh, don't worry, there will be no spoilers. I'm not going to give away any of the uh, twists. I won't give away any uh, crucial details. I'll just uh, start with some kind of uh, basic, you know, story beats or whatever. Just kind of an overview that everyone should already know. And then kind of go into how the gameplay works and kind of my general uh, feelings playing Danganronpa. So yeah, the game basically is it's a visual novel. There's not too much uh, in the way of gameplay per se. Uh, I guess you could almost think of it as uh, I kind of compare it to an Ace Attorney game if you've ever played one of those and haven't played Danganronpa. Uh, so there's a lot of um, you know, walking around, uh, there's, there's like, you're in a school, so, which I'll get to in a minute, but you basically have like a few rooms that you can kind of explore, 
uh, but there is a linear story and uh, it's all done in a visual novel style where, you know, you see the characters uh, profiles or whatever you see pictures and they do have uh, voice acting uh, for most of the dialogue and uh, they tell a story. And then um, I guess I'll, I'll get into this, into that story. It'll make the gameplay make more sense. So uh, the general overview of the story is that there are 15 students who all believe that they're uh, on their way to attend. Um, I think it's Hope's Peak Academy. There's definitely the word hope is in there. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be this very uh, exclusive school in Japan. It's uh, basically if you go to the school, you're guaranteed uh, to be successful in life is basically the, the way it works. So you have all these people. Uh, all these 15 students that have all done, they're all the best at something. They're all the ultimate something. So like there's, you know, a character who's the um, ultimate programmer, computer programmer. And then there's someone who's like the ultimate, uh, I think it was like fanfic writer, uh, the ultimate romance novel writer, the ultimate athlete, the ultimate fighter. Like they, they all have, there's all these different characters that, that are really good at something. Um, all except the character that, that the player plays as, which who is uh, Makoto. Uh, so that character, he's uh, he won a lottery uh, to get in. Uh, he makes it known right off the bat that he's just average. Average student has you know average grades, average interests. Um, nothing particularly spectacular about him, um, but he was considered the ultimate lucky student because he won this um, attendance uh, lottery to get in. So when all the students uh, first arrive, they they uh, quickly find out that the school is not not what they were told it would be. Uh, it it ends up becoming, um, uh, I guess, like a uh, Lord of the Flies or uh, or whoa, what's that? I'm just trying to think of that uh, uh, game with Katniss uh, <laughs> where they take all the kids and it's basically a, it's a battle royale. I guess would be. Uh, where it's the intention is is that the person that's kidnapped him or the the entity I guess that's kidnapped him in this case is Monokumo. So even if you've never played Danganronpa, you've probably seen this bear that's half good, half evil, and uh, this is kind of the mastermind around uh, the whole story. And so Monokuma has these fifteen students um, locked in the school, and is basically wants them to. Uh, kill each other <laughs> i guess is the thing so the, the the whole point of the story is that um if someone if a student kills another student and and is not is not found as the guilty party uh that that person will be reintegrated back into society while the rest of the other students are killed however if the students do figure out who the murderer was um, only the murderer is is executed, and then the remaining students uh, continue on. So that's basically the story: is that you know, you're you go in these waves of a student is killed, the remainder of the students go through this investigative phase, then they have a trial where the evidence is then presented, and then you need to figure out uh, based on those uh, who who the killer is. And so, yeah, again, it's linear, so it's not like a, uh, there's no, as far as I could tell, anyway, there's, there's no like, oh, if you get it wrong, you go down this other path, or it's like, there's, there's one intended course of action of, you know, what's supposed to happen. 
So uh, each kind of phase of the game is you have this free time period where you're allowed to explore the school. Uh, a murder happens. Then there is an, uh, an evidence gathering period where, again, it's still in the visual novel style of kind of walking around, uh, clicking on things and uh, gathering evidence um, that you'll then use in the trial portion. And uh, the trial, again, like I said, the trial portion is a very Ace Attorney feel to it anyway, uh, except that it's added these kind of mini games. So, um, you know, a, a character will be talking or a number of characters will be talking and then you'll see some of the dialogue is highlighted. And one of these, as you're going through all the statements, one of the statements uh, is wrong. So you have to find the contradictory statement. And um, you literally, you're, you shoot that statement with with uh, uh, a piece of evidence. So there could be a statement like, I was in the library. And then there's a bullet on the screen that says like, uh, you know, Jack's account or something. And then you would have to, uh, fire the statement at the other statement and it kind of explodes and then you, you've called out the person of like well no i know this is wrong because of this evidence and then it kind of continues on from there uh so there's a few different mini games that are involved in this trial period uh so you have that so you have that shooting kind of thing then you have uh they call it the hangman's uh phrase where you there'll be a a piece of evidence that you have there's like a, a a contradictory statement will be made and then there's like one particular thing that 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 calls it out so you would then see at the bottom where it's like it's spelled but it's like a you know the hangman's puzzle where it's like you see like two or three letters and then you have to spell it out so what happens is is the the letters random letters will start coming up into the screen and then you'll shoot the letters in the order to write it uh so yeah like if it was if the thing was like a handgun or something you'd spell out the word handgun and then again you you're continuing through the trial and the whole point is just to figure out who done it and who got to the end uh usually it ends with um a rhythm game which i completely uh, overthought at the time because uh what happens is you'll get into like a verbal debate with one particular student and then so there's a rhythm game. So you're tapping a as as the uh, as this you know the the things go by. Um, so you're tapping at a beat basically, and then when the other person says something, then you have to shoot the statement with the Y button, and then uh, and that's as simple as it is in the first trial. In the second trial, you have to reload. They add the number, the letter X, so then you have to reload bullets. So that's like the next like as as complicated as that got. So I was under the impression there was more to it, but. I quickly found out um, that is actually not the case. Um, so yeah, so that's so then <laughs> there's it goes through that. So once you figured out who the actual killer is, there's kind of this hilarious execution um, cutscene. I mean, like it's it's funny in the sense of um, it's very specific and outrageous and outlandish. Um, little uh, macabre in the sense that it's like executing um, teenagers. So you you have to have kind of a base level of, a, <laughs> uh, you know, what you can handle, I guess. Um, I would say if you if you have uh, any kind of reprehension or apprehension about, uh, you know, a story of, of kind of that battle royale of children or like teenagers, obviously, like, like high schoolers or whatever, if you, if you don't want to see them killing each other, then I would um, say maybe the game's not for you. But um the story is interesting enough. Like there's uh, 
I I know just be, like I know you know it, it's one of those stories. There's like it wants you to think one way, and then it'll kind of give you curveball, and uh, more often than not, the curveball like you can kind of see coming. So it's not a huge surprise, but it's still a very riveting story like I, I'm curious in how everything goes the characters I think are fairly flushed out like they all have different personalities like most of the time each character is kind of taken on a cliche you know you got like a comic book nerd who's into anime and then there's you know um, this large large uh, girl that's uh, like a you know the Japan's strongest fighter and then there's a Another girl who's a great swimmer, so she's kind of that athletic jock stereotype. Then you got the rich kid. Like there, there's all these different stereotypes. So, uh, you know, some of them you're supposed to like, some of them you're supposed to hate, and um, you, you get invested in in what happens. And then uh, as they start to be <laughs> knocked off or or get themselves into trouble, um, there's that little bit of like, oh, well, that's too bad. I kind of like that. Uh, I would have liked to see more of that that character or or whatever. But so far, story-wise, I I think it's kind of living up to the hype to a certain extent. Uh, the game was nice enough to tell me that it hit the halfway point when I finished uh, the third trial. So uh, I think about six or seven hours in. So I guess the game in itself is about 12 to 14 hours. Um, I would say that the trials are a little disappointing. They, they're a, a little bit easy in the sense of, uh, like I said, they're they're it's usually not too obvious like they do want to do like a you know they don't they don't want to show you who the killer is right away obviously but i feel like uh you know i could have before it even happened or you know as it happened it's been easy enough to be like well i'm pretty sure it's gonna be this person uh you know based on how it goes but um so it's it's fine i guess the trial like again i like i said i I guess I was expecting something a little more complicated in the trial. Like I thought there would be, uh, there'd be a little bit more challenge to it. Like the mini games are, are pretty basic. Um, I'm playing in the the medium difficulty, I guess. So I haven't failed any trials or even really come close. Like the, there's a lot of leeway that they give you for making wrong answers. Uh, the uh, the first trial was really easy, and I think it was just so that you could kind of get your feet wet. Uh, the second trial was a bit harder. I took took some work. They do change a couple of the mini games up a little bit, so you have to think a little bit harder. Uh, but then there wasn't a whole lot of changes in the third trial. Um, so because I was kind of figured out the mini games, the trial seemed pretty easy. And uh, and I, if you play and you get to this far, um, you kind of knew right off the bat where the third trial was going. So so it was a bit disappointing there, but. Overall, I'm still I'm still interested. Uh, at the end of the third trial, there was some new information in, in, introduced to the story, which makes me like excited to get back into it. And I guess that's kind of the hallmark of um, any successful game is to kind of have that uh, that you know if if it can generate that feeling of uh, you know I want to play a little bit longer or I you know can't wait to play again tomorrow that sort of thing. Then then I would say it's it's accomplishing uh, you know what it sets out to do. So I would say in that sense, Danganronpa is a pretty good game to play so far. We'll see uh, if if things change by the end of the story. Uh, definitely want to get to the end. Um, so uh, yeah, that'll be quite interesting. Like I said, playing it on my Steam Deck. But if anyone wants to pick it up, I, I, 
almost positive it's on every platform now. I believe the Switch version came out last year, not too long ago. Uh, and there was obviously PlayStation version, Steam version. These games regularly go on sale, so don't don't pay full price for them. Like they wait for sale. They're I think they're even as high as like seventy or eighty percent off. Like I'm pretty sure I I uh, bought uh, at a, a steep discount. Um, there's also a second and third game, and usually there I believe there's a, often a bundle uh, option as well. So I don't know if if people will see. Um, you know I'm not ready to uh, drop more money on the second and third yet. Uh, until I finish the first one, but uh, that's definitely an option. I'm pretty sure the Switch one is is actually a bundle, so well, we'll have to look into that. But yeah, for anyone who's been thinking about it, uh, hopefully that's uh, you know gives you a, a little bit of uh, information on whether it's something that uh, you'd like to play. So getting back to uh, backlogs, though, um, I just wanted to kind of. Uh, talk a little bit about it because uh, I've been harping on this podcast a lot lately about backlogged.com. That's B-A-C-K-L-O-G-G-D.com. I've just found it a great tool for actually keeping track of the games I purchased now. I've really, like in the past week, uh, I've tried to make an effort of getting like any game that I've purchased, putting it uh, on on this list. And uh, the reason, one of the reasons why I was able to get a lot of my physical media (laughs) on that list is because uh, in my hometown where I went home for Thanksgiving we have uh, a retro game store I guess or they sell retro games but it's more of a kind of overall uh, you know physical media secondhand store I guess would be the way to put it there's movies DVDs blu-rays audio it's got everything it's got every system you could think of in there and uh, I ended up, I always go there because they, they're actually priced v- very uh, reasonably. Uh, and uh, yeah, it has everything. I've, I've picked up lots of stuff uh, from there. I picked up like Contra and uh, different Marvel Madness <laughs> for NES, like old games like that. Uh, but I've also been buying like Square Enix games a lot. And this weekend was no exception because I ended up picking up <laughs> two Star Oceans. Um, one was uh, Integrity and Faithfulness, I think, was the first one. And then the second one is the most recent one, The Divine Force. And, you know, as I'm holding them in my hands, you know, it, it dawns on me that I own all the Star Oceans now. I believe there's been like seven or eight um, because they've been going from like almost the beginning. Like there was... Uh, PSP for sure, but even earlier than that, because I'm pretty sure they did a remake on PSP. But um, I played the only one I've actually played is for is the first one or, or, or the remake of the first one, First Departure R, which was on Switch. And uh, what's funny is I didn't particularly like it because <laughs> the combat was kind of um, annoying. But I was digging the story, I guess. So it's hard to kind of ignore uh like if you're buying Square Enix games, Star Ocean, I think, has like seven or eight entries at this point. When you look at like Xbox 360 era, uh, PS4, uh, the, the recent one on Star Ocean. So I don't really know how I'm going to avoid <laughs> the franchise if I'm trying to play through as many Square Enixes as I can. So I thought, well, I'm going to play it eventually. I'm going to pick it up. So, yeah, so I ended up picking up that those two Star Oceans, and when I got home, put them on my shelf and realized, like, oh, man, I got this huge Square Enix shelf, and I haven't put it on my backlog yet. So 
went on to backlog.com and it didn't take long to get to about 73 games. So I've got uh, most of those games are the ones they own a physical copy of. And then uh, I went through some of my, the, I think the PS store. I went through and, and got a lot of those up there. And then I still have to go through my Steam catalog. Um, I'm pretty sure I, when Epic first came out, I signed up for that because they're giving away free games, particularly um, Thim- Thimbleweed Park. Uh, I want to play at some point. And I'm pretty sure that's on my Epic Store game account. I have old <laughs> Neon Falcons in my GOG account. Um, oh, what was it? Was uh, Xanadu? Nah, I can't remember. It was those. It was those old ones. Anyway, uh, seventy three is still not even all the games I have. And you know, at the time, I was almost kind of sad to a certain extent because I'm like, man, I, you know, spent all this money. I really should be playing these games. Like, I don't want to be spending money on something I'm never going to play, even though uh, my backlog is my retirement plan at one day. Uh, I will be the uh, the one old guy who never leaves his room with a big lazy boy chair and whatever controller happens to be, uh, you know, in, in, in at the time. I'll still have a shelf of video games and all my old systems. And, you know, the nurse will just have to bring me my dinner and other meals and pills and whatnot to, to my room because I'm I'm not leaving there until I played everything. But it was still uh, uh, daunting to see like oh like you know to to see the list and it's and it's not even in its entirety yet. And uh, yeah, I, I mentioned it in the Discord and then uh, you know the response was kind of like. Uh, you know, don't look at it as as this kind of mountain of this Herculean task to get through it, or uh, and also not to look at it as, in a shameful way, but just to you know look at this massive catalog of great games that you have access to anytime. And and yeah, I, I kind of believe that. You know, like the I I will play these games eventually, and it, it is pretty neat to have these you know accessible have them available uh, especially you know when you, you know, these you know the East Nintendo eShops are are disappearing like we're down to just the switch now so all all those old games like unless you have them physically it's going to be you can't buy them anymore and uh, having just came from the retro store I can tell you that Nintendo games are not losing their value anytime soon so having uh, some of those games on on hold one day you know We'll save you money eventually if you ever want to play them. Um, so yeah, so it's just kind of uh, glad to have that uh, that new perspective or that different perspective. So I guess the kind of point I'm getting to in this long rant <laughs> is that you shouldn't shouldn't feel uh, bad about having a back the you know huge backlog. We all got one, but uh, I found uh, seeing it um seeing the actual list or having it available to me. Uh, has been very useful in the sense of I'm kind of making a commitment to myself for every one new game I purchase, trying to take two off the backlog, uh, you know, before before doing it or before playing it. So right now, uh, I guess for me, that would be Kingdom Hearts and Danganronpa. Um, So I guess uh, I'll allow myself (laughs) to buy something new uh, when it comes out. What that will be, uh, not sure yet. Uh, I feel like I've got enough Star Oceans uh, in the hopper 
that I don't have to pay full price for the one that's about to come out. Uh, so maybe, maybe I'll skip on that for now. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll see plenty of coming out in 2024. So maybe, uh, save up my money for that and kind of see where we go from there. But yeah, I guess, uh, a little bit of a short one this, this week, just because, uh, like I said, with Thanksgiving and, uh, everyone's schedule will be completely out of whack. Uh, unfortunately we don't, uh, we don't have too much <laughs> to talk about this week, but uh, hopefully you enjoyed that uh, rant on Danganronpa and backlogs. But um, before I go, I just want to make sure that everyone knows about uh, Paige's coverage of PAX Australia. So um, the uh, I know at RPG site, she has a lot of like the Britain uh, previews of and breakdowns of what she saw there. On her Twitter page, page G guy, she's uh, just recently, actually, as of today of recording, posted a whole lot of pictures uh, that she took while she was there. So if you kind of want to seeing, uh, you know, pictures of what's going on there, you can go there. Or like I said, you can head over to RPG site uh, to check that out. Uh, you can also check in with um, one of our uh, Discord uh, friends, one of the... Uh, individual that's been around i know i've i've known him since uh, the nintendo world report days um uh lemonade or lemonade uh <laughs> goes by a couple things um there's a a great uh, video that he's put on um which is uh the pax australia experience um so there's like video um of walking through packs and developer interviews uh, with some of the indie devs that are there and that sort of thing so that's uh, worth checking out as well and uh, lastly um well i guess i'll, I'll say uh, also uh, to check out uh, talking nintendo podcast if you haven't already where you can hear more of casey gibson and for uh, jordan he's i know he's put out a couple more uh, reviews lately or the review machine um so you could check out Nintendo World Reports. Uh, he's got, uh, I can't remember what the game was, but it's clearly a River City Ransom inspired game. Um, kind of a beat em up in that sense. Uh, just put one of those out. So uh, you can check out uh, his coverage there. But I guess uh, that'll be it for this week's episode. Again, want to thank everyone for sticking with us. I want to thank uh, the new subscribers and the new uh, folks that are joining us. Uh, the podcast has been growing uh, at a reasonable level, so I'm uh, happy that we have new friends. And like I said, at any time, uh, if you want to come talk a little bit more with us, we have a Discord channel, which you can... The easiest way to join it would be the link at thethirstymage.com. And, uh, or you can... We have the link on our uh, Twitter or Blue Sky handles as well. So we'd love to have you out. But I guess until then, uh, we'll see everyone out at the next episode. Bye for now.